What is going on, guys? This is your host, Frank Estraub of the Clubhouse Sports Podcast. And we are back, and hopefully back for good every week, probably twice a week, um, with these NFL previews week by week. Uh, yeah, weekly NFL previews, and probably a special extra episode, whether it be Frank's Film Room, maybe a history segment I'll introduce. Uh, maybe I'll end up making the Giants episodes a separate podcast, and then eventually we'll get into NBA and NHL season, and um, kind of we're back to that. But right now, this is an NFL podcast, and um, excuse my phone here. But yeah, we're here with the week one NFL previews, and before we get into that, I want to just shout out the Twitter, of course, at pod underscore clubhouse. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, no SoundCloud, but basically any other podcast app you want to find, you listen to your podcast on, you can find us there. Of course, leave a like, rating, review, and subscribe wherever you do listen. It helps out the show. Okay, let's start with Thursday's game. Um, the Green Bay Packers visiting the Chicago Bears. The NFL's 100th anniversary, 100th anniversary kicks off with probably their most historic rivalry and historically their best. So last year they opened the season and the final score was 24 to 23. Of course you had the comeback by Rodgers and what has changed? Well, a lot has changed. Um, Aaron Rodgers is fully healthy for now. Um, a new coaching staff on the Packers side of things, a hopefully better coaching staff than Mike McCarthy. He'll add some stuff to the, to the playbook, Matt LaFleur, that McCarthy just didn't have, and I think that'll probably project them to be better. Um, I ex- Like I said, I expect to, or, you know, um, continuing on that point, I expect a big season from Rodgers, but not in this game, and we'll get into that a little bit later. LaFleur, Lafleur Coach Goff in 2017, uh, Goff's breakout season, Matt Ryan in in his MVP season, um, 2016. Phone's distracting me. Turn it off. And even the Redskins, he was the Redskins QB coach throughout the duration of RG3's outstanding offensive rookie of the year campaign in 2012. His system is also based around the play action game, which should be great for Rodgers because we know how efficient he is at throwing on the move. Let's get this off. There we go. Um, During prime Rodgers efficiency, we're Prime Rodgers, where his inefficiency and talent was at its peak. Um, in 2011, he posted an historic 122.5 passer rating just on play action. <clears throat> a season with a healthy Aaron Rodgers and a heavy emphasis on play action only bodes well for Green Bay. But like I said, not in this game. I expect Rodgers to be contained more than usual by our old friends Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. They combined for 20 sacks and 32 QB hits. Expect Hicks to push Rodgers out of the pocket, or at least make him uncomfortable in there, and for Mac to kind of contain him on the outside, um, more towards the line of scrimmage, um, more when he lingers kind of in the middle instead of just coming straight on a blitz. But when he does blitz, he will have his way against the veteran Brian Bulaga. His uh, skill set speaks for itself. So moving to Aaron Jones for a quick second here. On the snaps, Jones does see, as much as I like him, he will likely be contained by the Bears front four. Once again, led by uh, Akeem Hicks, who is probably a better run defender than he is a pass rusher. And that's saying something. Motherfucker's really good. Uh, So then on the other side of the running game here, 
David Montgomery is another player to watch. We get to see him debut against a regular, uh, relatively weak front seven, although they did add Zedarius, add Zedarius and Preston Smith. A little bit overpaid, but... <clears throat> Montgomery will, anyways, Montgomery will take a majority of Cohen's receiving duties, and on top of that, he's a more talented runner, uh, which is perfect for Matt Nagy. I mean, a combination of Jordan Howard, but better, and Tariq Cohen, who can actually catch the ball. That's amazing for the Bears. But it's now looking great for our short king himself, Tariq Cohen. My only concern for this game is um, how Nagy plans to game plan, excuse me, uh, how he game plans Mitch against the Packers' new safeties, uh, Adrian Amos, who made the uh, transition from Chicago to Green Bay, and now uh, is in Green Bay, and Dar- of course Darnell Savage, who's a rookie I like a lot, may is a sleeper for defensive rookie of the year, just based off how many interceptions he might pile up uh, back there at safety, but um, Mitch overall, as long as he takes care of the ball, I think, and as long as he fixes those hips and his mechanics, um, Chicago should take this game 27-17, to 17, uh, once again being led by their defense. Uh, what else is new? And I think LaFleur just gets outcoached by Matt Nagy on the road. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for an advertisement. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by only using top-tier athletes. Instead of using the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks to protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 yards? The less less likely the prop is to occur, the more points your choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Ba-dum-bum. Okay, moving to Jaguars, or uh, Chiefs at Jaguars, excuse me. Um, so, the Jags have a new quarterback, Nick Foles, uh, who should actually pair well with his former QB's coach in Philly, uh, John Filippo, uh, who's now the OC in Jacksonville, as you guys know. I did a Frank's film room on Nick Foles, and we talked all about that. Uh, and like I said back then, I don't, as much as I don't like Foles as a quarterback, he should find some success with designed quick throws like slants, comebacks, and curls, which um, should work for the agile receivers on Jacksonville. Um, if DeFilippo decides to try to go over the top on some con- concepts specifically in this game, that's where the trouble lies uh, with Tyron Matthew back there now, and to an extent Sorensen, and even more, maybe if Juan Thornhill gets snaps, he's one of the better cover corners or cover DBs, excuse me, in this uh, rookie class. And he's also a really good tackler, but <clears throat> that uh, doesn't speak to my point as much. Uh, expect Tyron Matthew to play a lot of deep safety um, because that's where he's comfortable on passing downs. But because of the nature of the Jags offense, expect expect him, excuse me, 
to also get snaps at the second level of the field and even the line of scrimmage on blitz packages and run diagnosis, um, plural that is, on Fournette's outside runs. As much as I like the upside of the Jaguars' O-line, I think Frank Clark and Chris Jones will have their way, which is another reason Foles needs to get the ball out quickly because um, to begin with, he's not he can't throw past 20 yards effectively and um Clark and Jones will be in that backfield before he knows it so he's got to get that ball out quickly at uh directly after the snap excuse me on the other side of the ball and I'm not speaking hyperbole I promise is the most efficient and highest powered offensive unit in the NFL led by Mahomes um the way the Jaguars win this game and this speaks to the whole season but really in this game is on defense and they have to limit Patrick Mahomes and company if they want to win this game. Two factors for me, it boils down to this. Can Josh Allen collapse the pocket to disrupt Mahomes? Um, With the way Mahomes can perform mobily, I don't see it happening enough to make a wide impact, but Josh Allen will have himself a nice debut. The second factor is Jalen Ramsey limiting Terry Kill. This one isn't as far-fetched. I think there's a higher, higher probability of this happening. But again, Mahomes has other options like Watkins and especially Travis Kelsey. Um, him versus Miles Jack will be very interesting. I think Travis Kelsey wins that matchup. As much as I like Jack as a um, kind of more complete version of Devin White, I think, with a little more muscle to him which is crazy to think about, but as much as I like him, Kelsey wins that matchup every single day. So those two things kind of get nulled and void. Um, the, and the run game for the Chiefs won't make a huge impact because of the Jags Maulers in the middle and Josh Allen on the edge now. But in the end, the Jags won't be able to keep up with Mahomes and company 34-21. Sometimes talent just wins out, and I think... Offensively versus defensively, as good as well, as good as the Jags' defense can be, um, I think the Chiefs win in almost every matchup. And then um, I just don't think Nick Foles on the other side he'll be too conservative to keep up with Matt uh, Pat Patrick Mahomes. Excuse me. So 34-21 Chiefs. Okay, moving to moving to Falcons at Vikings. The defining matchups of this one are a bit harder to define, but I think it comes primarily on the outside. Mike Zimmer is historically known for switching up his defensive schemes based on matchup. Expect a lot of cover two uh, with both Harrison Smith or uh, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, excuse me, um, playing deep safety or double high safety if you want to get fancy. And uh, Mike Hughes on nickel packages at corner. Because all three main Falcons receivers have deep playability, whether it be uh, Calvin Ridley with his speed, uh, Muhammad Sanu with his route running, and Julio is Julio. Um, He must be watched at all times, which is why Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes will play tight man coverage on Jones and whoever else is playing the other outside receiver. Sanu and Ridley will likely rotate snaps um, in the slot. Yeah, there it is. Uh, up front, the Vikings will likely blitz four or five on every down, 
to test the rookie members of the Falcons offensive line. Eventually, Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin will get to Matt Ryan. Um, the focus on the passing attack may open up things for Devonta Freeman, though, uh, especially since Hooper will be tracked by a linebacker most of the game. Uh, moving to the Vikings offense, in my opinion, the Vikings game plan on, uh, on offense should be to move the ball through Dalvin Cook. He's healthy for now, fingers crossed, super talented, and his zone running style will benefit from the addition of Garrett Bradbury, whose calling card is his remarkable uh, quickness for a center. Uh, conver- conversion should go through Thielen and Diggs, whether it be first, second, or third down. you got to get the first down somehow. And I think that goes through the receivers. I really like all aspects of the Vikings offense for fantasy this week and in reality. The Vikings will have an easier time. The Vikings will have an easier time limiting Julio than the Falcons defense will cook. Uh, 23-17 in a close one at home. Alright, moving to... The Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Brownies. This is a case of a good offense versus a pretty good defense, but even as I wrote that down in the notes, I as I started writing more um, notes, I realized the Browns have this in almost every category. There are so many weapons on the Browns side of things for the Titans to re- realistically stop them completely. The Browns all won, however is their weakest unit. Um, This is the only caveat. And the Titans pass rush did rank 11th in full blitz efficiency and 6th in 2-3 man rush efficiency. That's according to the football outsiders. This is the only way the Titans have any chance of staying in this game with uh, Baker and the boys. The Titans offense will struggle in Cleveland moving to the other side of the ball as they are outmatched in almost every matchup. Um, especially missing Taylor Lewan, Miles Garrett will feast on Mariota. Probably three or four sacks. Derrick Henry will have some success on outside runs, however, and maybe even score a long touchdown. I don't see the Titans getting many red zone opportunities in this game. At the end of the day, the Browns' offense is way too high power, and the defense will make too many stops. Um, the Titans will never really be able to get started in this game. I think they have a pretty good defense and kind of a average to above average offense but I think they're they have a really bad they drew a really bad card here they're traveling to Cleveland the fans are going to be really excited first energy stadium is going to be very energetic if you will uh 31 to 14 Browns and kind of blowout I am buying into the Browns this year I think they are almost a complete team if Freddie Kitchens can coach them right they're going to the playoffs. Three touchdowns for Baker and two for Chubb in this game. Moving on. Okay, moving to Baltimore at the Miami Dolphins. Um, this will be a quick one because some of these are just obvious choices. Um, Miami is bad. They have an atrocious offense now. Deciding to start Ryan Fitzpatrick over Josh Rosen at this point doesn't really make sense. Shout out to change by like week three. Larry Tunsil is gone. 
Only allowed one sack last year. Um, should be a few more. Uh, should be more than one this game. And their defense has some upside, but it has some steps to go, and it won't stop any of the high offense, high-powered offenses that they see this year. The Eagles, the Cowboys. Um, those are the two I know off the top of my head because they're playing the uh, NFC East. Uh, and even the Ravens to an extent, but I mean, the Ravens will have their way in this game. Miami has ball hawking uh, defensive backs who may disrupt Lamar's passing plans, but Baltimore will win this game on the ground regardless, uh, at least on offense. While it's obvious the Chargers defense solved Lamar's rushing magic last playoffs with seven DBs, just kind of hit him, uh, hit him where it hurts. The Dolphins aren't the Chargers, and he should be fine. Um, along with the two-headed monster of Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. Ingram will have 100 yards rushing in a TD, I project, but Gus will get some snaps, and he will get some yards. Uh, the Ravens' offense will put up yardage, and they will put up points in Week 1. They'll have their way on the ground. They will dominate on the ground. Like, um, Think about the ND and Louisville game. That drive, that opening drive that uh, Notre Dame put up, for at least three quarters is what I'm, I'm thinking here. Uh, and the Ravens defense will have its way on the other side and I expect won't allow any points. Actually, shutting down the Dolphins from front to back, continuing to rotate fresh bodies in and out of the pass rush and locking down whatever pass passing attack Fitzmagic decides to throw at them. They have Earl Thomas on the back end right now. Um, remember that. That's scary. Shout out to Sonny. Um, Ravens, best Ravens fan I know, most loyal, 21 zip, Ravens open up the season. As much as I don't like Lamar, this should be an easy game. Okay, that is part one of my week one NFL preview podcast. Um, part two will be coming at you probably Saturday, definitely Saturday, uh, at the very latest, because um, I wanted to split this up because I was going to go a little longer on the Giants. I was into the primetime game separately, but the rest of the matinee games and the 425s, I also want to throw in there because I have school tomorrow and I got to wake up at 5.50 um, Eastern time. So I got to go to bed, but I, I tried to... Um, and I want to, I, I would, I would just run through the rest of the games, but I actually do put preparation and I do notes on each of the games and hopefully that, you know, shows through on this podcast. Um, but I'll be coming at you Saturday and probably another film room the following week. And then we have week two. Um, that's the that's the lowdown for the Clubhouse Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at pod underscore clubhouse. You can find us on Instagram at clubhouse.cast. You can find us on your local podcast app. Um, I'll tweet out the link to this in about probably tomorrow morning, actually. I'll see you then. Saturday.